Welcome to Direct-to-Video DVD Extras, a podcast between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. And we keep forgetting to say this during episodes, but if you like us, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks. Now, where's the button on this thing? Tell us about this musical you've been hyping. Oh my god. Okay, so I live um, near Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the university there had a presentation of the Lion King musical at Pope Joy Theater. And uh, two good friends of mine had an extra ticket. And the day of, like that day that they were going to go, they sent me a text asking me if I could make it. And I was like, drop all everything. All plans are dropped. I'm going to go see this. This is worth it. And I will say... Just so the listeners know this, I don't hold it against you. Um, that one of the plans that was dropped was recording the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, my 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 entire reasoning was this is podcast related. It's it totally is, and because we're talking about it now, aren't we? Yeah. So so my 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 number one takeaway from the Lion King musical is um, a. It has the most beautiful costumes I have ever seen in my life. Like, I'm talking, like, this is some, like, just not, not not even including wardrobe, but, like, it's, some of the costumes are, like, this abstract combination of puppetry and interpretive dance kind of men- menagerie. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't think so. Probably not, no. Um, just flowy bits. That's interesting because I haven't, I think I saw like a song from the Lion King musical when I was like in Disney World, okay? Yeah. And I would have been like seven, so I don't remember a lot about that, Um, but recently I remember because my cousin was singing, she, she, she does a lot of musical stuff. Yeah. She was doing The Little Mermaid with her musical group. Nice. And she was, like, looking up what the Little Mermaid um, musical was like on, on YouTube. And, man, the costumes were goofy. <laughs> I People are just walking around with these giant fins coming out of their asses. And um, it was... It was goofy and they couldn't really get that final scene with ursula to work right so they had to change the ending yeah that i can understand because they couldn't crash a boat into her you know (laughs) yeah yeah so it was just a little bit anticlimactic and i thought well that's if that's how the musicals are like i'll just keep watching the movies yeah no the the lion king musical is they they just it is the movie. It is the Lion King movie. Um, it's just that instead of lions and animals, you have this layer of interpretive dance and actors portraying those roles. And the only the only real complaint I had the entire time I was watching was the actor who played Mufasa, his voice was nowhere near as deep and somber and wise as James Earl Jones's voice, but then I realized, well, that's because no, like, who who else could do that? 
That's a good point. It's the reason he was hired is because he's got such a great voice. I mean, it's kind of rough to yeah to find pull that. out to pull out another super deep somber voice. So he, so yeah that 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 actor had definitely the most to live up to, and the actor who played Scar was fantastic. He really nailed that uh, kind of suave manipulative aloof vibe like heartily yeah i i love i love um not only scar as a villain but just scar as a character where like he's obviously the villain but you sort of like him anyway yeah he there's something about him and his demeanor that's in it's intriguing to just watch him yes. work I thought you were going to say endearing, and that was—that's not it. Yeah, it's it's intriguing to watch him work as a, mm-hmm. as a character, and um, yeah, just the this entire musical, by the way, is like an ode to every piece of African culture that they could get their hands on. That's kind of great because that's actually one of my favorite things about the movies. Um, and we talked about that a little how they tried and failed to do that in the second one. Yeah. So the the biggest the biggest thing that the the play the play adds a couple of scenes that fit so well that it almost oh. feels like they're supposed to be there. Oh, they have one of my f- favorite songs in the play that was cut from the movie. It was in the second Lion King movie. No, not that song. What? Be prepared the reprise. Yes, they have the reprise. The reprise I is I love there. that one. And so yeah, they add the reprise is added. Um, it's at the beginning of Act Two, I believe. I actually have the playbook right here. Give me a sec. I, by the way, I have the playbook just right here in front of me. Of course you do. You no, know, just uh, you know, because I went and saw it live. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I went to the Mabimbam show. That was cool. Okay, that is cool that you got to, like, be in the presence of the internet's favorite good boys, the McElroy brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find... Ah, okay, wait, I was wrong. Okay. So, uh, the reprise of Brief Prepared is added... Um, after... The scene at the Gorge, when they are at Pride Rock... Right, it would have been, because it would have been um, instead of that other scene where he introduces the hyenas, right? No, no, no. no. He's like, this is after this is after Mufasa. This is after Mufasa's death. No, yeah, but there's a scene in the movie where he's like giving a eulogy to for Mufasa and Simba. Yeah, that's where they put it. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. And um, and then after that, there's another um, amazing uh, little musical number, um, which is just Sarabi and Nala and Rafiki kind of mourning the deaths of Simba and Mufasa, which is stirring. I'm going to take a second to talk about Rafiki. Yeah. Because um, he... Can, can I just mentioned, because I, I know almost nothing about this musical. You got it. The fact that there is a uh, Sarabi uh, Nala Rafiki song is awesome. Yeah, it's... So, 
Oh, God. Okay. Again, there's so much to talk about. So I'm just. So Rafiki, in this in the musical, has a much larger role than in the film. Because in the film, Rafiki's just like the Obi Wan of the seer, of the movie. He he knows things about Simba's past that Simba doesn't know about, and teaches him to be good later. Right. But in the he compared him to Merlin at one. Point. Yeah. Exactly. But in the in the the play, his and I'm actually going to start saying her role because. Um, Rafiki in this play was played by um, an amazing um, singer um, from South Africa, and she she knocked it out of the park. By the way, like killed it. Um, a Rafiki in this play uh, speaks entirely, in, almost entirely in um, I forget the name of this of the dialect, but this African language, the click language. Oh, okay. And I couldn't tell you that dialect yeah when you said it i understood what you meant and she she, almost the entire play she she's speaking that language um with the couple of exceptions being whenever she interacts with simba and the other actors that's the one time she kind of switches back to english which is very interesting because because otherwise because when she's not interacting with the other characters She's interacting with the audience. She's the narrator. She's the storyteller. She, it's like that. She's the one telling the story of, of, um, of Simba. That that's her role, and she's the framing device. So the fact that she only addresses the audience in this African language really like lays it down that you know, hey, this is this is a wholly African story, even though all the actors acting within the play are speaking English. That's really interesting. And, um. God, so she's she's amazing. Um, I'm so mad that you got to see this play now. <laughs> it's so good, and um, so the the play the play is split into two acts. And uh, by the way, I nailed I nailed the two act structure of the Lion King perfectly because the first act ends right at Akuna Matata, just which I believe I said when we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because that's when he's yeah. Okay, it makes sense. So. Because that's when he's grown up, and he has to start second act when he's an adult. Up. So the way there there was a twenty minute intermission in between the two acts, um, but th- the way the the way the first act ended was the the entire Hakuna Matata song and dance, and then there's a point in which Simba jumps and grabs a vine and swings off stage, and then adult Simba immediately swings on stage, lands in the center, and finishes uh, the Hakuna Matata number, and it's so seamless. And just, it blew me away. Like, just seeing it done on stage was amazing. That's really good. Yeah. I like that idea. And I can sort of, even though I can't exactly appreciate that, I did watch that bootleg of the Hamilton musical, so I understand. Shame on you. I know, but it was so good. I'm waiting, man. I'm still waiting. I think you want to wait for the real one anyway. It wasn't a good bootleg, but I could... I could uh, see a lot of the... Because they go right to the next song each time. Yeah. And especially during, like, Room Where It Happens, where there's oh, a surprising man. amount of, like, flashback scenes. Yeah. It was... They were just really good at doing that. Um, and so that's what I'm thinking of when you say how seamless the transformation to adult symbol was. It's... The... the This, this play does... This is... I, I keep kind of switching between calling it a play and a musical because it is so much a play 
it just also has these amazing, beautiful musical numbers in between these key scenes. Um, the other, the other scene that they add, the, the so they, the, they, uh, he lives in you. Is I did not know this is a two is a song in two parts. Okay, the, how's that work? The second part of the song is he lives in you, and I'm going to talk about that later. But the first part of the song is they live in you, and it is sung when when Mufasa is telling Simba about the kings of the past. Ah. Right? And so now now that, now the song, to me now the song makes even more sense. Like, it, it's a thousand mm-hmm. times more. And by, by the way... It's, it's more potent, for one thing. Yeah. When you hear it coming the second time around. I, there are so many moments in this play where what was happening on stage was such an intense experience that I started crying, not because it was sad, but because I was so emotional and I didn't know how to express that emotion that I would just start crying. Like, it's just so much. It's so much. Also, this was the first musical I've ever seen live. Yeah? Yeah, like ever. So this, it's a pretty I'm trying to remember. good first one. It is- I definitely saw a musical live, but it's been a long, long time. I think I used to go in middle school. We used to go on field trips to see him. So, I mean, I've seen a... I think maybe when I was a kid, I was supposed to go see The Nutcracker, but I don't know what that is. Is that a musical? No, it was more of a no, ballet it's performance. Opera. No, it's it's a ballet. It was a rather. ballet, yeah. So I've seen, it's a ballet. I've seen The Nutcracker, but... Which my opinion of the Nutcracker was that it was hella boring, except for the the, the weird trippy nightmare sequence when with the with the Rat King, yeah, queen? where the Nutcracker dies, quote unquote. Is that what happens? Well, he he doesn't die, but he dies. It's weird. That whole play is weird. Musical ballad. Here's the thing. I, I I sort of understand what you mean, but when you said he doesn't die, but he dies, it's like yeah, okay, crazy. <laughs> So, so Mufasa sings "They Live in You," and then the second time they, the he lives the reprise "He Lives in You" is played is when Rafiki shows Mufasa his own reflection. Okay, I need to stop you there because you did the thing. Yes, he showed Simba his own reflection. Ah, oh, god damn it! Well, hey, you know what? Mufasa lives in Simba, so that's true. I'm technically not true. wrong. So. There's so much to talk about. So the stage, um, the stage at Pope Joy is really, really small compared to the Broadway stage. Um, it's got to be like half the size. So there's, I can, it's easy to tell there are some parts where it's like, if, if there was a bigger stage, there should be a lot more going on. Like this play only had two drafts, which was still very fucking impressive, but I, it, there's a lot of places where it feels like uh, it feels like there should be more happening, but because the stage is so small, they kind of had to condense it down a bit. It does not make the play any less effective. It's just there are moments where I can see like the, they're not they're, the grand scale that the play wants to hit um, isn't quite there. Um, oh man, like like boom, just head explosion. So um, there, the, the 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 second scene that they add is a scene. Uh, it's it's the madness of King Scar, and it is the scene that establishes exactly what what's going wrong. It's Scar hanging out with um, Zazu, 
and it's basically an entire rundown of like since Simba's grown up, you know, the Scar has pretty has encouraged the lionesses to overhunt, right? And because of and you, and you sort of you sort of know in the movie that's happening, but it's only kind of referenced. They don't they don't they don't ever explicitly like the one thing they talk about in the movie is the drought is how there's no water, right? Which but he does say. Well, but a couple things that uh, can sort of be inferred yeah. is now the hyenas are hunting in the Pride Lands, and Zazu is called the hyenas poachers, which means that they do overhunt. So that's that's the big thing is in the play, Zazu calls the hyenas poachers, but then it's revealed that Scar has the lionesses hunting for the hyenas as well. Mm-hmm. So the hyenas aren't really actually even hunting for their own food. He's having the lionesses do all the work. Right, and again, that is sort of it's in it's it's reference. Yeah, the movie kind of exp- puts all the facts out there, but it doesn't ever explicitly yeah. say it. And right, because right, right. there is that moment where he's like, "It's the lioness's job to do the hunting," you know. Yeah, and then the other the other thing that this scene does, which says to me maybe this scene was originally in the movie and they cut it out and just yeah left all the facts in there, just kind of more hidden. And the the next scene, um, which is actually right after this one, feels the same way. And it's the scene in which Scar realizes... Scar sitting there, he's thinking, like, you know what? I'm missing something. Mufasa... There's something that Mufasa had in his reign that I never had. And uh, Zazu makes a little... Zazu's amazing in this, by the way. Like, I actually liked Zazu in the live-action musical more than in the movies. Okay, that's kind of impressive. They made him. They they basically made him another jester character, mm-hmm. but he still takes himself very seriously. So it's like he's not in on the joke that in which he is the joke, which it actually kind of makes him very endearing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the movie, he's just a bird with a stick up his butt. I'm nodding, but like you can't see that. Yeah, I I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to direct video. VHS title card DVD extras. <laughs> uh, I have been Tony Robusto, and you can find me on Twitter at theaterbats with an ER, and you can find the podcast on direct2.video. And I've been Andres Reyes, long pause expert, and you can find me at royalty underscore valens. The underscore is important. No, that's that's not bad. Long pause expert. Long pause expert is really good though. I, I'm, I'm, I I would that's a good permanent one. Although I just realized that if you cut the pauses out, that joke doesn't make any sense. Don't worry, Andy. I wouldn't worry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be fine. four cds two of them are just the hamilton soundtrack and the other two are taylor swift albums yikes so excuse me you and i have different tastes in music we have except for <laughs> hamilton and disney i guess i feel like once we get past hamilton and disney me and you have nothing in common that's gonna be a dark day